Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm back, baby. I do apologize for not having any episodes out the past few weeks. I've had to deal with a couple minor medical procedures as well as a little family emergency. Not gonna lie, all this took a lot out of me. I didn't even have the energy to put out repeat episodes. All is well now and getting back on track of things. And thank you to those who reached out to me to check in on me and to wish me well. And thank you for being so patient. I do appreciate and love all of you. I do have the best listeners, don't I? As you all know, I've been asking for people to send me in written form their paranormal encounters, and I will narrate them on the show. While I had some downtime, I had a few people send me their stories for me to share with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to write down your stories. The first story will be narrated in this episode. Now, I need you all to let me know what you like to hear. Would you like me to narrate these each guest episode? Or would you like me to have episodes on the weeks I don't have guests? If I have enough stories, that is. If it's the latter, then there would be an episode every week. So I ask you, my beautiful listeners, tell me, what would you like to hear? Folks, my special guest for episode 102 is JJ Rose 777. JJ has many gifts. Psychic medium, astral projection, remote viewing, does energy and entity clearing, and is a paranormal investigator. I recently heard her on Let's Get Freaky podcast with with host and my paranormal brother, Tommy Cullum. I felt an instant connection with her just listening to her on his show and checked out her YouTube channel. I really resonated with all her episodes, but especially one. It's entitled Empaths, Sensitives, and Anxiety. I felt people needed to hear this one in particular. So in episode 102, JJ discusses the distinction between being sensitive and empathic, how to recognize if you're one or both of these, and how to cope if you have anxiety. Sometimes you don't realize you have these gifts and have high levels of anxiety, and if you're able to recognize you have these talents, it can help you in so many ways. I find her channel to be very informative and inspirational. If you'd like to share your encounters on the show, I'd love to have you on. You can send me an audio recording of your encounter, you can write it for me to narrate, or we can record our conversation together, whatever you feel comfortable with. If you have questions, comments, or have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the show, let me know at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell your friends Don't keep it to yourself. Tell the world about Paranormal Heart Podcast. You can tell them new episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Folks, I don't have permission to use this listener's submitted story by name, so I'll simply use initials. Trigger warning. Some scenarios may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. 
A Decade of Ghosts, submitted by S.H. What you are about to hear is a true story. I've shortened it in the interest of saving time, but these things happened, and continue to happen, to myself and my children. When my children and I moved to this house, we didn't plan on staying for long. Funny how plans change. The first night we moved in, as I was laying in bed and saying my prayers in my mind, I felt a human hand grab my ankle. I jumped up, heart pounding, and turned on the light, thinking my son might have been playing a prank. No one was there. It took a while, but I finally fell asleep, with the lights on. Odd things like that would happen. Odd noises, a sound like something heavy had fallen over upstairs and glass had shattered and spilled all over the floor. Upon inspection, nothing was moved, and there was no mess. This house isn't my first experience with the paranormal, but I try to find a logical explanation for things first. As hard as I tried, I couldn't find a logical explanation for the things that go on in this house. I don't use Ouija boards because I know better than that. I'm an empath by birth, so sometimes I can intuit things. I wanted to know what was going on, why there were noises and voices, shadows that flitted by out of the corner of my eye and my children's eyes. The most unsettling voice was the one coming from the old well in the basement, the voice of a little girl calling out, Hello? I sat down, took some deep breaths, and tried to clear my mind. After a few minutes, the little girl, whose name turned out to be Jenna, started to tell me her story. This house was built around a hundred years ago and was a family homestead. Jenna lived here with her parents and her uncle. Her parents had gone out one night and left her in the care of her uncle. Jenna had always been afraid of her uncle. Something about him unnerved her. Long story short, her uncle forced himself on her. Jenna was only seven years old. Afterwards, when Jenna told her uncle that she was going to tell her father what he'd done, her uncle became enraged and strangled her. Realizing what he had done, he threw Jenna's body down the well. Then he hung himself. Jenna's parents returned home and found her uncle hanging. They died not knowing what had happened to their beloved daughter. Jenna is a playful spirit. She likes to play with my daughter's dolls. Sometimes she takes things and hides them, although she's not the only ghost child here. We also have Alyssa and Levi. I'll tell you about them in the next installment. Hello, JJ. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hi, Kat. Super excited to be here. Me too. I just, I feel like this is the first time we've seen each other because we're, we're Skyping, but I just mm -hmm. feel like we've done this before. We've chatted a few times on via email, but uh, I have to say thank you to Tommy Cullum. Oh my God. Yes. My brother, my paranormal brother, Tommy from Let's Get Freaky Podcast, because uh, that's where I heard you. And yeah, I definitely needed to reach out to you. I'm so glad you did. I adore Tommy and you yep. two are both extremely sweet, wonderful, lovely beings. So Thank you. I love it. And you're the first female who's ever interviewed me. So that I'm is kind awesome. of stoked, actually. That's awesome. Wow. I feel honored. It is quite yep. an honor. I'm, I'm really actually stoked, not only because, you know, you are a lot of the things that we're going to talk about, but also it's just fun. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. 
So I am really enjoying your YouTube podcast as we we're discussing before we hit record that when I'm uh, doing some chores at work, um, I have a little bit of downtime, I'll listen to podcasts and I've been listening to yours and really resonating with uh, pretty much every episode, but one in particular, uh, which would be the topic that I wanted to discuss today, which is empaths, sensitives and anxiety. Um, you had lots of information there that I have kind of covered a little bit on past episodes, but not to the level that I find you were talking about it in your episode. So I feel that this would really benefit a lot of people to understand the difference between uh, empaths and sensitives um, and, and where their anxiety could be coming from. So it's super, super informative. So thank you for that episode. Happy to help. I'm glad it helped anybody that listened to it. Um, just for the record, I technically don't have a podcast. It's just a YouTube channel. Um, all of my videos are audio. I podcast, I feel like that's something that comes out, you know, on a specified time frame. And I basically do these when spirit calls and when I have free time. Uh, but that episode in particular, I felt was extremely important because let's face it, in today's day and age, anxiety is something that, you know, a plethora of people deal with, possibly more so than ever, um, due to many different reasons. But one in particular is, you know, A, I'm not diagnosing anyone. If you have true anxiety, true depression, please always seek out, you know, help in, in the doctor field first and rule out the normal things hormones, you know, potential blood sugar issues, um, actual chemical issues within the brain. But once you've gone through all of those and it's still there and it's still lingering and or you realize it's been there pretty much all your life and there's no real reason for it, that's when we like to delve deeper into empath or sensitive. So an empath is someone who literally feels what other people are feeling. Um, it's very internalized. It's other people's emotions, sometimes physical ailments as well. Whereas a sensitive is someone who they sense the energies around them, but they're not directly affected by them. I.e. they can go in a room and say, okay, I know someone's upset in that general direction. Whereas an empath is going to feel that person's upsetness. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I find in my youth, I was an empath, I was able to sense people's emotions, and then that went away. And I felt like I had lost one of my senses, and it really bothered me. And then I realized, I'm kind of upgrading, because I'm more of a sensitive now. Um, I kind of always was, but I find it uh, the, the sensitive side is a lot more dominant than the empathic side. The empathic side, I don't always pick up on it. Um, I will feel it, but it doesn't really, it's not like I'm not feeling it, you know what I mean? Which is which is something wonderful because a lot of empaths think, you know, I'm just stuck here. I'm going to feel like this my entire life. There are people who know, like yourself, how to kind of turn it off and how to merge into a more sensitive versus I'm stuck in this empathic cycle where I'm constantly feeling everyone's everything. And this is partly why I created my YouTube channel is to talk to people who are feeling and bombarded with all of these emotions that aren't theirs. And this is why I talk about bubbling and clearing and, you know, salt under the bed and salt showers and making sure that we're doing all those 
spiritual hygiene things that we need to be doing on a daily, sometimes multiple times a day basis, because we're interacting with the world and Mm -hmm. interacting with the world doesn't necessarily mean you're leaving your house. I mean, let's face it, the past couple of years, a lot of people have been isolated from other people, but we're still having communication. We're watching news. We're watching TV shows. All of that's impacting you energetically, whether you realize it or not. I really liked when you mentioned about the salt showers because I like having salt baths, uh, but I never really thought about having salt showers. So can you explain to the listeners what that would entail? Absolutely. So it's it's really something easy. Um, you can do something as simple as a salt scrub. You can get it from the store. You can make it yourself, a little salt, little olive oil, little citrus, doesn't matter what kind, whatever calls to you. Um, I have some people who don't even want to go that far. They take a literal salt, pour it on the ground of the shower and step on it while they're showering. Salt basically helps neutralize the positive and negative ions, which are physical bubbles, basically, that stick to us from energy that we're around. So that's why a lot of people feel refreshed when they go to the ocean or to a lake or to a stream or a waterfall, because you have all of those negative ions that really calm us down, right? Running water is really rich in negative ions and it it's soothing, it's calming. That's why a lot of people will call that, that you know, that's their happy place. Yeah, and I probably would not recommend using rock salt if you're standing in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, don't want to hurt your feet. You no. know, it, it can be... It can be McDonald's salt. I I knew someone who was, they were going to multiple job interviews and they were just not bubbling correctly, having one heck of a time. And they called me and I said, I want you to go to the nearest place you can and go pick up some salt and just wash your hands with it. Well, the nearest place was McDonald's Mm -hmm. because I've mentioned this before and people think maybe I'm being flippant. I'm not. McDonald's salt, grab a couple packages, put it on your hands and just... Just that simple little thing actually helped level this person out. I never even thought of washing my hands with salt. Um, The industry that I work in, uh, people know that I work at a hotel, so I interact with a lot of people. um, And there's lots of energies that come in through the hotel, you know, And sometimes all that energy can just be overwhelming. So knowing that I can just wash my hands with salt is great because I always keep a selenite crystal on me, which I find helps. But um, I'm going to try the washing my hands in salt now. This This is a brilliant idea. Yeah. And if you need something for home and let's say, you know, a salt shower isn't conducive to doing it multiple times a day, um, or if you just have a room let's say where the energy stagnant, you don't have a window in it per se, or it doesn't get natural light. You can actually get one of those Himalayan rock salt lamps. Yep, That's why they're so popular is because it just helps change the whole energy of the room. Sometimes you got to leave it on for days, but (laughs) eventually it will help even out the energy in that room. 
my entrance, I have, because um, my favorite crystal is uh, selenite. I just resonate with that one a lot more. Um, and I have a selenite lamp at my entrance. So when people walk in or if they go out, you know, uh, it just kind of helps with all the energies coming in and out because it doesn't matter if you're at the grocery store or whatever. If someone's having a bad day, they're going to have bad energy and you're going to pick up on that and maybe bring it home, you know. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean your house is haunted. It just means that you brought back some negative energy f with you from wherever you were. It's just these energies are everywhere. They are. And, and that's why I was even talking about earlier with TV shows. I am extremely cognizant what is going in my mind, what's going in my energy bubble. For instance, there was one day my husband was watching this really gory, you know, be campy movie. And I had to actually walk outside. I couldn't even stay in the room while it was on because energetically it just affected me so much. Um, but you know, going out to the grocery store, if you go out and you are energetically bubbled, which is basically a nice way of you're creating an energy protection bubble around you. I do three layers. I do one for physical energies, i.e. earth energies, humans, uh, plants, whatever physically is going on, a white one for spiritual energies, and then a gold one for universal energies. And I know that gets a little complicated, but I always do three. And to be honest, things will hit the bubble. I get the hit of what's trying to come through. I'll either allow it or I won't. Most of the time I just push it out. It's like Teflon. It just falls right off the bubble. But let's say you go out and you forget to bubble or someone's just strong enough energetically that they're able to pierce your bubble. And some people are, let's face it, mm -hmm. right? There's yep. certain emotions and certain energetic people that they just know how, Usually what I'll do is I'll stamp my feet a couple times. It'll kind of look like I'm getting dirt off my shoes. Mm -hmm. And that's me grounding energy out before I come into my house. Um, I had one time, I know you're a paranormal investigator. Mm -hmm. I'm actually on a paranormal investigative team as well. And I'm normal. I'm really, really good, right? Like clearing afterwards and everything. But this is a pretty, pretty heavy one. And... My husband is attuned, but he doesn't talk about it a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And so I, I come in the house, and before I even put my foot through the threshold, he immediately looks at me and goes, go outside and get on the grass. And so I had to go right out there barefoot. You know, it's the middle of the <laughs> night because, let's face it, most investigations aren't, you know, midday. Yeah. And there it's like 2 in the morning, and I'm standing in the grass barefoot. Like, okay. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I actually have a little uh, doormat right when you walk in the house and it says, check your energy before you walk in this house. Oh, I like that. And it's a good reminder, not only for other people, but also for us. So just mm -hmm. a reminder of, hey, don't bring home whatever was happening out there. Yep. Whenever I enter work or home or any building, I wipe my feet a couple times before entering. And while I'm doing that, I'm envisioning uh, the negative energy re being released behind me and staying outside. Uh, a friend of mine told me that a few years ago, and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And it's just a habit that I, I've gotten into doing all the time. doesn't matter if it's winter or summer or if, uh, you know, my feet don't even need to be dirty. Um, I just wipe my feet, go in, and yeah. Yeah, 
there's a lot of different ways to do it, but it's all pretty much at the end of the day, it's all the same type of practice, yep. right? I'm very rigid on what I do. What I do works for me. I found that it works pretty effectively for other people too. I'm creating a clearing cord. It's basically from your first chakra, kind of lower back, and it goes down to the center of the earth. And anything you throw through that clearing cord gets burned up by the center of the earth, cleansed and cleared in fire, and it's reused as positive energy elsewhere. Yeah, because we, we know, well, most of us know that you can't destroy energy, it just changes. Correct. You can transmute it. And light blasting. I mean, it, this is probably called many things by different people, but for me, it's just seeing universal, you know, God light, whatever word you want to call it, uh, that beautiful white light and mm -hmm. just making a huge ball of it and then exploding it within myself. So it's not only hitting all of my personal spiritual fields, but also my auric field, and then potentially also the space that I'm in. Yeah, what you refer to as bubbling, I call it uh, my shields. So I'll envision uh white light, like a ball of white light in my chest, and I just kind of like radiate it out and push it out. It depending how strong the negative energy is around me that I'm feeling, de it depends how I'm how far I'm going to push it out, and how much of a blast, I guess you could say that I'm going to push out. Yeah, so my actual bubbles always stay within me. Okay, right. Um, and then I have the light blast light bomb whatever you want to call it depending on the situation i like light bomb <laughs> um, that that's I, I like that term <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get us kicked off youtube but uh, <laughs> but it, for that that's usually what i use in order to clear like a space in multiple people so typically at the end of an investigation where the inhabitants have said like yes i want whatever's you know going on gone that's typically what i'll use is just a giant light blast. There's only one time we we joked about it, um, my paranormal partner and I, but he said, I want you to go nuclear. Oh. And I did. <laughs> and nice. windows rattled. So oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. so people listening to this who have anxiety, how could you explain to them to figure out, help them figure out if they're empaths or sensitives and how to help deal with their anxiety and how, how can they identify it? Sure. So the first is to figure out which one you are, right? So empath, again, it's basically someone who literally feels what other people are feeling, uh, sometimes emotional, physical, sometimes it's spiritually. Um, people naturally gravitate to empaths. I know you had another show um, with Aida, who was your um she does hoodoo and she was talking about going to the store and people will just literally pop up and just tell their life story i'm an empath that happens to me all the time me too yeah <laughs> oh, yeah um and it's interesting because not only will they tell you things they normally wouldn't tell anybody else but there's almost no lead up and you'll almost see this confusion in their eyes yes. while they're talking to you of like, why am I telling this random person my life story? Yep. <laughs> so if that happens a lot to you, you're probably an empath. Um, the unfortunate part of being an empath is having random people tell you things, which can be positive too. You learn a lot, right? Mm -hmm. About people and things that are happening. But unfortunately, a lot of narcissistic, very selfish 
and emotional vampires will flock to empaths. Um, it just really is something because they shine bright, because they actually care. They can be fed upon, and sometimes it's like a moth to a flame, right? They're just zeroing in on that person. Somehow they instinctually know, and then they want to suck them dry, which again, strong boundaries are extremely important, as well as having your bubbles up. Mm-hmm. Now, a sensitive is someone who can sense the energies, but they're not physically taking it on. Still, I recommend bubbling, but a sensitive almost has a better natural way. It's almost like they're embedded with natural boundaries so that they already kind of know how to stave some of these people off. Um, sensitives tend to become kind of like the mediators of friends and families, they can see everybody's side. They seem to understand how to kind of get everyone to <laughs> speak nicely and play nice in the sandbox, if you will. Um, the issue that I found with sensitives over the years is because they're constantly in that position of being the mediator, they get burnt out. And they feel like, hey, I'm seeing everyone else's side, but who's seeing my side when something actually involves them? And that can lead to becoming either closed off or strict boundaries that almost become harsh, right? And, you know, sometimes they end up becoming loners just because they're constantly finding themselves in this position where, like, God, every time I'm in a crowd, everyone's leaning on me and I'd just rather be alone than deal with everyone's issues. I mean, I'm sure they'd be great social workers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, years ago, yeah, strangers would come up to me and tell me their problems just out of the blue. And they would have that dumbfounded look afterwards. It's almost like a spell just was lifted. And then I'm just like, why did I just tell you all this? I, I don't, I wouldn't even be looking at the person. They just come up to me and start talking to me. And I remember years ago, <laughs> I was at Walmart and a lady came up to me and started talking. And um, my son asked me afterwards, he goes, why do you do that, mom? I'm like, what? He goes, people go up to you and tell you things like that. And why do you listen And I'm like, because for the 15 minutes that I'm going to be speaking or that person's talking to me, I may never see them again in the rest of my life. For whatever reason, they felt the need to tell me whatever information that they're giving me and it might help them. I mean, maybe they were contemplating, you know, ending their existence on this planet. I don't know. And they just needed to to have someone listen to them. I don't know. So it, it just it's helping people. So for those few minutes out of my time. I'm going to listen to these people. Then he's like, oh, okay. He was just little. I think he was like nine years old at the time. So he's just like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah, but what a precious gift to imbue to your child to have a heart and be compassionate and be empathetic. Yep. You're absolutely right. I've had some situations where I found out after the fact, um, you know, that the person was contemplating something awful. Yep. I have also found situations where the person just didn't know who to go to. They had no one in their life that was a safe space mm-hmm. that they could open up to. And, you know, maybe by me saying, hey, have you ever thought of reaching out to this organization or that in order to get some help? Mm-hmm. They were all of a sudden given that idea. You know, not everyone has a great support system. And yep. it's it's really unfortunate, especially the past five years, I feel mm. like because people have become so divided for a multitude of reasons, it doesn't even matter. You know, pick one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> pick an issue, any issue. 
um, that a lot of people felt isolated before even the world became isolated. A lot of people felt like they were on their own island. And, you know, when it comes to being an empath or a sensitive, there is a lot of anxiety that goes with that. Because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I just want to go to the grocery store, I want to get what I want to get, and I want to go. Yep. But I always know I'm going to have to tack on an extra, you know, 15 to 30 minutes, right? Yep. In order to say hi. And sometimes it's really fun. It's just saying hi to people. Um, people don't even know why. Sometimes people will look at me and it's almost like they're confused. Like, why do I want to hug this random stranger? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, children especially, you know, because they don't have a lot of filters. Children especially, I'll notice, especially the young ones, like three and under, they just stare at these big, adorable eyes. Yes. And it's so cute. I, I have to say, I love waving to them. Being like, yeah, me too. <laughs> They're so adorable. And then you get a smile and maybe a little giggle. <laughs> yes, and that, that's the best, especially oh, when they start crying. You know, you could just feel whatever it is. And, you know, I have taken care of a lot of children before. I have a ton of godchildren and nieces and nephews. And when they were babies, you know, some of my friends were first-time parents. They'd never babysat before. They have no clue. And just instinctually, I could tell that cry, they need to be changed. That cry, they need to be fed. That cry, they just want to be held. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how that doesn't always come with being a parent. Yep. It's sometimes you have to actually learn like, Oh, I can distinguish this, <laughs> which I'm sure, you know, you're a mom. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anxiety when you're a sensitive or empath, I know you definitely wanted to go over this. So again, are you feeling someone else's emotions? Are you feeling something to come down the pike? So sensitives and empaths, we're not only feeling directly who's in front of us, but there are other things that we're sensitive to as well. And some of these are earth changes, weather changes, uh, big things to come that are going to affect a multitude of people, whether they're large incidents, negative or positive. Um, usually we could feel enough. For instance, I'm like a human USGS. I can sense earthquakes. The farther away they are, the bigger they are. I get extremely tired for no reason. The closer to me that they're going to be, I get very nervous. Um, the last couple ones that I've had in my area, I've had anxiety to the point where I thought I'm going to jump off my chair if this doesn't quell. And I will finally get up to be like, that's it. I'm going to go lay in the grass and all my neighbors love me for that. And as soon, <laughs> right? and as soon as I get up, the earthquake will happen. And then right after it's done, all the anxiety goes away. Now there is a scientific reason for this. Um, people like myself and others who are sensitive to earthquakes specifically, the earth's crust actually lets off certain gases before an earthquake happens. So it's not just so that I'm just so psychic that, you know, I'm going to feel that an earthquake is going to happen somewhere, but apparently I am sensitive to certain gases. And are they detectable by everyone? No. I know a lot of people who have absolutely no reaction whatsoever, but I have started to notice a lot of people like ourselves, we are in tune and aware. And of course I live on like 
four fault lines, right? So <laughs> I have a lot of fun. <laughs> Volcanoes the same way, actually. So um, I do not live in a volcanic region, but I also noticed before big volcanoes erupt, I'm also getting somewhat similar reactions as I would to earthquakes. So kind of interesting. EMF also is another thing. I mean, let's face it, we're bombarded with EMF, right? We Mm -hmm. use electronics. Um, Really the only way that I've been able to handle certain things, especially like for sleeping or if I need rest, is I grab some pennies which have copper in them, the older ones, or copper bracelets. I know some people do like the copper lined uh, mattresses. I didn't even know that was a thing before I heard you mention it on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, There's a whole line of copper. um, They're kind of like bed sheet covers, Mm -hmm. if you will, but they, they actually have copper intertwined within them. They're a little pricey depending on which one you're getting or how big your bed is. But Mm -hmm. For some people, I mean, I know people who are extremely EMF sensitive, where they have to almost turn all their circuit breakers off at night oh, wow. in their home in order to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, they actually have communities for people yep. who are very EMF affected, where, you know, within like a 30-mile range, there's no electronics whatsoever. They exist, you know. Like the old days, we'll put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the biggest thing with all of this, though, is we always have to have our feet on the ground. So always rule out everything physical first. Did you eat? Is it low blood sugar? You know, do you need to go to the restroom? Are you sick? Are you getting sick? Because a lot of times when our bodies are fighting something off in the beginning, like a couple days before the actual cold or flu presents itself, a lot of times we'll start feeling off and we don't know why, right? Mm -hmm. Allergies especially are a huge one. I know everyone's sneezing right now. So (laughs) (laughs) sleep, are you, you know, are you tired? Are you overtired or are you, have you overslept? Because let's face it, a lot of us who are empaths and sensitives, there's times when we're just extremely fatigued. I know I've had times where I've slept through 12 hours and my body's like, Hey, can you just move a little? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go do something. Yeah. Um, you know, and then also, are you having a medical reaction? Are you ill? Are you vitamin deficient? Are you hormonal? Um, you know, hormones affect everyone at different times. And it's really important to rule those things out, especially with everything that's in our food and we're not getting exactly the vitamins and nutrients and their soy and pretty much everything that affects all of our hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, especially sometimes I'm like, where's the moon right now? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Because our bodies, uh, we're 72% plus water, right? And if the moon affects the tides, it's mm-hmm. also going to affect our physical beings. And I have talked to my fair share of first responders and people who work in the ER, and they have said, yes, it's a little known fact that we kind of talk about within ourselves. But indeed, when it is a full moon, we do notice a lot weirder stuff than when it's not, which is interesting. And, you know, lastly, are you personally being triggered by something? Because we are humans, we have emotions, right? Mm -hmm. There can be some deep seated stuff that you saw, you heard something, it was in a show, and it 
brings up weird feelings. And then all of a sudden you think, oh, I'm, I'm tuning into somebody else. No, you're just having an emotional reaction. It's something maybe being brought up for you to work on and for you to heal. I found it interesting, too, because I am sensitive uh, to weather, weather patterns, and so is my daughter. Um, but when you had also mentioned about uh, solar flares, I never even thought of solar yes. flares, how people can be sensitive to those as well. And what's really, really interesting, um, the in America, the CIA actually did a report in the 70s about the effects of solar flares on people who are psychically gifted. And of course, that's what they called us back then. Mm -hmm. There's a plethora of names you can call us now. Um, but yeah, there are actual scientific reports on how for some people it doles down their ability and for other people it ramps it up. Well, you know, right now we're in 2023. The sun is going to have its peak in 2025. So right now we're in a huge time of solar flares. Mm -hmm. They're happening constantly. I had one person who, you know, when I looked at where they were, they, they were normally very level and then they started to act extremely manic um, to the point that I was a little concerned. And when I looked at where they lived, they had taken a direct hit of a huge solar flare. I mean, it was a big one. I think it was a class three. And wow. I mean, it to the point that, you know, their parents were actually worried about them enough to consider institutionalizing them. No and way. after about a week, yeah, it was it was intense. And after a week they leveled off. They had never shown any signs of this mania before ever. Uh, they weren't drinking caffeine. Like we, you know, we did the whole rule everything out. Um, and it was just realizing, whoa, they took this huge direct hit. So things like knowing where the aurora borealis is being seen due to these solar flares hitting, that is important, you know, especially cat up your way, right? Yep. You're definitely in the range where you're seeing that. I'm a little down more south than you, so yep. it's not hitting me as direct. But there have been some lately where they've hit pretty direct. And I know I've been directly affected whether it's I'm having a hard time sleeping or my heart's fluttering and I'm feeling anxiety and I need to sleep all the time. And the solar flare thing makes sense because it is a wave of energy that's hitting the planet. And for us who are sensitive to energies, that makes total sense. And I've had so many people say, um, you know, I can sense um, entities or just energies and people will say, well, that's crazy. You can't sense energy. And I'm like, have you ever stood next to an electric fence? And they're like, well, yeah. It's like, well, what happens the closer you get to the fence? Do you, do you actually feel the tingling? Do you feel the energy? They're like, yeah. I'm like, there you go. And then they're like, exactly. oh, okay. <laughs> it's just energy that we're pick that we can we're we're extra sensitive. We pick it up more than some people. And I think it, it takes a real life application of like what you had said to that person yep. standing next to an electric fence for them to get it. Yeah. Cause a lot of people still think a lot of this is woo woo. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, scientists have done numerous studies on this. The government in my country, especially has been studying this since the forties. Yep. So, you know, if they're, putting a ton of money into these programs to study people like us, there has to be something there. Exactly. They wouldn't have 
spent all that money if we were just all making this up? And plus, why would we want to make this up? I mean, half of this stuff doesn't even feel good. Exactly, yeah. Uh, like whenever I sense negative energies, I get tingles on my back. So I always say my spidey senses are tingling. Uh, so that's when I know that there's something negative. That's just how I react to that kind of negative uh, negative energy. But I also wanted to mention about uh, you had mentioned in your 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 um, your show about uh, negative energy is good for us, like in the water, and then positive is not. Can you touch a little bit okay. on that? Yeah, so here's when we go into the science of it. So there's negative and positive ions. And what's funny is, you know, we're thinking energetically, right? There's positive energy and there's negative energy in one feels good, one doesn't. But when it comes to the ions themselves, negatively charged ions, typically in places with running water, those are open. So what they're doing is they're actually removing the positively charged ions within our being, i.e. the ones that don't feel so good, and they're sussing them out. Just like how salt will kind of absorb water, mm -hmm. that's what negative ions are doing, which is why it feels so good. On adverse, positively charged ions don't make us feel so good. Um, there have been numerous studies in places that are extremely dry, they don't have any running water, in which positive ions are in mass. And people, even people with no sense of sixth sense whatsoever, will go there and they feel odd. Something feels off about this place, they don't feel well. Typically, people get extremely ornery, emotional. Um, anxiety as well because you're feeling something almost glom on and it's affecting the balance. So yeah, that's that's a whole whole science-y part, which I love the science part of this. Mm -hmm. uh, breaking it down to someone who hasn't taken basic chemistry, sometimes it gets a little wonky, but I feel that it is important to understand that everything I talk about, there are there is a scientific basis for all of it. Mm -hmm. Can you touch on a little bit about uh, that village that was displaced? Yes. That, um, this was amazing. So, yeah. Uh, so this is back, I want to say in the 50s or 60s, because the book was going to be written in the late 60s, early 70s. And I'm not sure if the book ever came out. Uh, but this is someone I knew personally. They were actually editing the book for this professor. And he had gone into some Native American tribes who were originally a very peaceful, very loving, uh, very family-oriented tribe. And they were living in a very water-rich, beautiful area. And due to all the stuff that we don't... Oh, that's a rough time in history. We'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, basically due to colonization, they were moved. And the area they were moved to was extremely arid, dry, very, very positively charged ions. And within, I, I want to say it was a month or two of this tribe being moved to this new area, they had a huge uptick in anger, aggression, and even, unfortunately, suicides. 
And this tribe had never dealt with that before. Uh, like I said, they were a very congenial, loving people. Um, they've, in all of their years, they've never had any of this. Now, there are some people who are going to hear this and who are immediately going to say, well, yeah, they just got displaced. You know, I'd be upset too. Mm -hmm. Yes, but you have to understand, even if you're upset about a situation, it's interesting that in this new environment, all of a sudden, all of their reactions changed. And this was male and female. It wasn't just, you know, the males. Mm -hmm. And so eventually they ended up moving from that location because their tribe just kept dying off. It was really sad, actually. And now there is a mental health hospital there. And this hospital has been widely renowned and known for people who go there pretty much never leave. They have had one of the highest upticks in violence against people who work there. Uh, the people who work there typically either end up patients as well um, or injured, a lot of them, which is really, really, really sad it when is. you think about it. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, a really incredible case. And you know, looking at that mental health hospital, right, we, we want to say, okay, that's a place where you take people and where hopefully they're able to get the help that they need. And there have been numerous reports of people going there and getting worse. And then they end up getting shipped out to other locations and all of them they get better. That's amazing. And the, the, that uh, tribe, too, that got displaced when they moved for a second time, I think you had mentioned that within a week, um, they went back to their normal being peaceful mm -hmm. and loving again. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do like bringing the obvious into it, right? Anytime mm -hmm. a people is uprooted and removed, there's going to be some agitation. Yep. But it was that location. And to this day, you know, there are paranormal people who will try to go. It is still open as a facility. I tell you, I drove by it once. And I could feel within the core of my being, that was not a place I wanted to be. And it's a huge facility. It's not small by any means. Hmm. That's just amazing how energy can affect a person. Well, I mean, think about it. You're, you're in paranormal investigating as well. So mm -hmm. you, you know that there are some places where just it doesn't matter who lives there. Yep. You could have the happiest family ever who believes in none of this. And they move in there and all of a sudden they're having negative experiences and they want to move real quick. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's kind of partially what drew me out of the broom closet to even come out <laughs> in the world and create my YouTube channel. I was watching, um, there's a show called Haunting. Yep. And it's basically just real life people who have had these horrible experiences. Um, they've had people come in, whether it be priests, paranormal investigators, and, you know, pretty much everyone just kept running out on these people screaming. And, you know, they're always upside down on the mortgage. They have no money. They're not able to leave. And it's just this really sad, awful situation. And I would just see everyone just left them there. And at the end, you know, they no one's helping them. There was one where, that I think the psychic got halfway up the front walk and just screamed and left. And the whole wow. 
Yeah. And so the whole paranormal team said, I'm sorry, we got to go. Like if, if they won't even get this close, we're not touching this. And it made me really sad because I feel like if you're going to be going in and diagnosing, you also need to have the means to offer help. Mm -hmm. And if you can't find someone else who can. Correct. And so you know, within myself, I've tried to make a wide range of network referral, people who yep. can work remotely like myself, people who are physically in different locations who can help paranormal investigators. I've put that out. If you guys need referrals and you're not able to find one that's reputable, contact me. I'll find one who can. And as a paranormal investigator, just have good hygiene when you're going into these places. I can't tell you the amount of paranormal investigative teams that have come back with attachments and all sorts of ugly stuff because they walk in there willy-nilly. They either half believe or they're antagonizing things that they shouldn't be antagonizing. Yeah. Don't mess with things you don't understand, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. like meeting a grizzly bear for the first time and like screaming at it and poking it at it with a stick. I mean, yeah. not the smartest <laughs> thing no. to do. <laughs> So, and I, I know I lecture a little bit on that point, but honestly, it's because I honestly care. I have seen, you know, obviously TV stuff is TV stuff, right? How much of it is real, how much it is contrived, I'm not sure, but I do care. And there have been numerous times where we've heard people who are celebrity figures who do stuff like that, all of a sudden they're stuck with a mystery illness. So basically... You know, I wasn't feeling well. I went to the doctor. They said, you're the sickest, healthiest person we've ever seen. All my labs were perfect. All the known normal stuff that it could have been wasn't. It wasn't anything. I mean, I had an extensive amount of testing done. And finally, I realized, okay, this is something beyond just the physical. And really started doing some intense spiritual work. And that's honestly how I've become so rigorous about bubbling. I was taught natural protection when I was younger, but let's face it, you know, we all hit times in our life, especially our teen years and early 20s, where we think we know everything. Mm -hmm. And we're living a normal life and we're not exactly cognizant. And that was a time period of my life where I was not necessarily, this part of my life wasn't as forward right during that time period. So I wasn't realizing how much of what I was experiencing was actually spiritual and energetic and how I had to be fastidious with doing spiritual clearing and protections on myself just in order to navigate the world. It's interesting that so many people, myself included, um, I've been dealing with uh, chronic pain for several years and it's just getting worse and all my blood work comes back fine and they're like, there's nothing wrong. But finally, I'm starting to find some other doctors who are delving into a little bit more in depth and they're starting to find things. But it's just interesting how when you don't feel well and you're trying to tell a doctor, look, this is what's going on. And they're like, you're fine. Like there's there's nothing wrong with you. Blood work is fine. You know, um, it's just frustrating. Well, it, it is frustrating, especially when you want to put something physical on it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well, why am I feeling this? What could this possibly be? Try 
try getting some water, running water in your house, whether it's one of those little... Um, the fountain things? Yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, you know, the... Yeah. <laughs> totally went into Wayne's world for a moment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but one thing that I've been noticing, especially with people like us who are very sensitive, uh, male and female. So this is kind of interesting because a lot of people think, oh, well, maybe it would be mainly females. Low iron levels, low magnesium levels, and low vitamin B levels. And I talk to a wide swath of people from all over the world. So it's not just my tiny little bubble, right? Not all people my age. And that's why I, I talk about male because it is very rare for males to be low in iron. Uh, reason being, you know, obvious reason, right? Yep. They, they don't have a loss of iron typically every month. But in some of the cases, it was females in their 70s and 80s who were low in iron, who were eating meat on a regular basis. They're not having a nutrition issue. Um, some of the people who were even younger who were having it, they take vitamins and supplements every single day. It was happening to me to the point where I was having to get IV infusions. Wow. Um, my levels were so low. I had a couple people who their levels were so low, they were having to get blood transfusions. Some of this I do feel is related to the solar flare activity. Um, but was really, really interesting. So I ended up going on this wild journey and reading uh, the Mothman prophecies and the Eighth Tower by John Keel. A wild ride, by the way. So <laughs> strap in if you're going to take that adventure. But in the book, The Eighth Tower, where he's talking about people like us, he was actually, and, and this book is written like in 75 or 76. I mean, it's, it's been a while, mm -hmm. right, that it's out. He was actually talking about people who have profound spiritual experiences typically are low in these vitamins and minerals that having these spiritual experiences, especially on a regular basis, like someone like myself has, tends to drain these nutrients and minerals from our physical bodies. So not just solar flare activity, it's also because we're working so much energetically that there's a depletion. So you know, I have to take supplements every day now. You know, I, I was vegan for a long time. I had to stop. I started eating meat again. They thought it would just regulate if I started eating meat. It actually got worse. Oh, wow. Uh, with eating, yeah. Yeah. And I was eating like the real iron rich meats as well. Um, then I started taking supplements thinking, okay, supplements plus meat plus all iron rich veggies. Where could I go wrong? And it kept getting worse. So weird, right? Yeah, very strange. Yeah, my mom had, uh, she had to take uh, blood transfusions and she had to take iron supplements and B12. Uh, she just had some issues and she was uh, highly sensitive as well. There you go. Hmm. And it it's fascinating to me that, you know, this John Keel thing, I, I don't know why I'd never really heard of him. I mean, I watched the movie when it came out in 2002, I think, but... Never really looked into the books. Never really was on my purview. Sorry about that. I no forgot worries. I have a house. 
Wow, that's ancient. <laughs> yes, I have a house phone and spammers keep calling it. So oh, totally forgot about that. Um, okay, where were we? Minerals, vitamins? Yes. Oh, okay. So electrolytes as well are another one. And you know, electrolytes, for the most part, if you're not sweating to death, or, you know, doing a triathlon, the average person should not be having an issue with electrolytes. I mean, unless you're taking, you know, water pills or things like that. But electrolytes enable the flow of electrical signals through the body. Well, let's face it, if we're doing energy work <laughs> and six sense work, our electrical signals through our body are moving even faster than the average person. So I'm noticing I'm having to drink Gatorade now every other day because oh, wow. my electrolytes are off yeah i never even thought of that it is it's funny how the body can go hand in hand with paranormal um it's it's just amazing i mean we are spiritual beings having a human experience mm -hmm. but it makes sense i mean you know i'm sure you've experienced a little bit of it but when I do, you know, remote bubbling or remote healing, people are physically feeling what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And typically with me, people feel very, very warm. I've had a few people who sense me and it feels very cold, which is interesting. But, <laughs> um, but you can feel it. You know, when, when someone's doing work or protection work or healing work, you can feel it. I actually had one person, I did a little TikTok with it. Um, I was doing a remote session and I was working on their arm and they had a camera on them the whole time. And as I'm working on the arm, you can actually see this little white orb go right into the arm and go exactly where I'm describing where I'm going. It was really, really cool. That I is never cool. really had anyone with the, with the camera on before. It's amazing that you're so, able to capture that too. Yeah. I mean... At the end of the day, that was super cool. I'm not going to lie. I, I really, really enjoyed that. And she, I have to say, she's someone who has a ton of orbs. I don't think I've ever seen that many orbs in one location before. Wow. Um, yeah, they're just really attracted to her for whatever reason. Hmm. Nothing bad. Kind of like me with mosquitoes. Mosquitoes love me. <laughs> <laughs> you want a trick? Please. For keeping bugs away? Yeah. So uh, right in between your eyebrows, mm -hmm. right? You put your finger there mm -hmm. and then you see green, see a band of green go all the way around your head Oh, and they'll stay away from you. That's interesting. I have to try that because my husband or I'm, anybody else could be outside for a couple of hours. Not a, and, you know, a lot of times I don't sit outside with my husband because the bugs get me and I'll go out and I say, oh, how are the bugs? Oh, I haven't seen a one. And not even five minutes later, I'm like, yep, there's one that just landed on my arm. You know, just they're just like the dinner bell is here. Like, jeez, oh, I keep them away from everybody I else. <laughs> I don't get bit by them at all. My mom, just like you. And when I when she does the green. Yeah. I call it my green dot right in between my eyebrows. Obviously, no one can see what I'm doing right yeah. now. But <laughs> yeah, you just put your it. finger right in between your eyebrows. Yeah. And then you see the band of green around you. All of a sudden, they don't bother her. Huh. Yeah, definitely yeah. going to try that. That's amazing. Either that or you have really sweet blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what my husband says. It's your sweet, sweet blood. Oh, <laughs> that's precious. Cool. 
So we're at the tail end. So I just wanted to ask if um, there's any advice you can give to anyone listening to this who does have high anxiety. How can they um, look further into seeing if it's an actual physical issue or if they are empathic or sensitive? Well, I know I covered some of it at the yeah. beginning, but mm -hmm. again, you want to rule all those physical things out, right? Make sure it's not a blood sugar issue because that can cause anxiety. Make sure it's not an actual emotional issue. Um, you know, you've ruled out all physical things. You're kind of left with, nope, still feeling this anxiety and there's absolutely no reason around it. So first thing I would say to try and see if it helps or not is a plate of salt under your bed. Wherever your head lays, for most people, the more anxiety, one under the head and one under around lower back bum area. Hmm. Um, some people, I'll tell them to put it towards their feet. It just depends kind of where the energy flow tends to go. Mm -hmm. Everyone's different. Um, but I would start with that. If you put that under your bed and you feel significantly different the next day, whether it's calmer sleepier, because let's face it, when you have anxiety, you're usually not tired, right? Um, or just a little more balanced in the morning after. Okay, so we found out this is a potential energy issue. I would say from there, start working up to doing self clearings, energetic clearings, you can do something as simple as when you're in the shower and the water is going over you that you're envisioning white light just going over you, cleansing out. You know, obviously, I have an instructional video. I'm working on getting the commercials out, I promise. <laughs> but because um, unfortunately, I found out there are commercials in it, in which I talk about how to do a full clearing and how to bubble yourself. And try it for two or three days. When you go out in the world and you're fully bubbled, when you come home at the end of the day, take stock. Do you feel better than you typically do? If you do, then you know more than likely it's an energetic issue. And you're probably an empath or sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> and I would also maybe suggest uh, looking at uh, space, uh, like to see if there was any solar flares recently, find out if there's any earthquakes, or, you know, because like, like you had mentioned that some people are really sensitive to um, weather and just whatever the planet is doing. So that energy being released, they're going to be, uh, sensitive to that too. So maybe look into seeing what's going on in your area. Absolutely. I, I would say the first step, start with the salt to rule out yep, definitely. if it is an energetic issue. Try the bubbling because even with the solar flares and the weather and everything, the bubbling does help a bit. Mm -hmm. If you try both of those and you say, okay, significant difference. And then maybe you have a, a day where you're doing that and all of a sudden it comes reeling back. That's when definitely look into the solar flares, potential earthquakes, volcanoes going off, um, all of those different things. A lot of stuff can be ruled out physically. Our bodies are fairly simple machines. You just need to make sure that they're in good working order. But spiritually, like I said, because energetically, we are just being bombarded with so much stuff lately. Mm -hmm. It's really important that you're doing both in tandem, keeping both in tune. Great advice. Last thing, can you tell listeners where they can find you? Sure. Uh, JJ Rose 777 across the board. Uh, YouTube is where all my audios are for free. 
I have playlists available, spiritual awakening, spiritual protection. Um, also for paranormal researchers, I have a, a whole playlist for y'all. Um, a very small one about me. If you want to understand who I am and why I'm talking with any certainty about any of this, I have an intro video that's seven minutes long. I love questions. Questions are always free. Feel free to email me. It's light jj rose 777 at gmail um i'm also on instagram facebook and tiktok i don't do a whole heck of a lot on tiktok but i'm there occasionally something will come up <laughs> but i i love questions typically what i try to do is be a resource where i can guide and direct people in the right direction to get help i do do clearings I typically only do those once we've ruled a lot of stuff out. So I typically give people a lot of homework to do uh, before we go into that. Again, I am mainly an energy and entity clearer. So that is kind of my speciality. I do have a wonderful network referral system, though. If people are looking for someone else, like just a regular psychic reading or past lives or tarot card readings, things like that. People that I vetted that I know are true because no one needs to spend their money on. No. Especially if it's thousands and thousands of dollars. That to me is insane. So (laughs) it's just not right, but yeah. Agree. And as you listeners already know what I'm going to say, the links will be added into the show notes. So it's easier to find you. So thank you so much, JJ. I really appreciate this. I do want to have you on again. I will love it, Kat. Thank you so much again for having me. I so appreciate it. I do too. Much love to you. You too. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants.